Agile After Dark show about roadmaps, the art of building a Marauder's Map. In this episode, is it Grilling Ga or Greg's Rants? You decide as we say Lumos, what Greg? Maximus. And shed some light on the subject. Here we are in the Agile After Dark Studios coming from you not from Arizona which was the last episode but from the heartland and we'll you know deliver more on that later but I'm here with not only co-host I guess I can call you co-host yeah, co-host um, but also producer behind the glass Brandon Gartley he's also by the way the the resident nerd and not just agile nerd just general nerd um, and so we're gonna talk today about the art of building a marauder's mask. You know, don't forget, uh, aspiring journalists. We'll get into that. Oh, a yeah, bit. aspiring journalists. I always forget. That's like your subplot for yourself. We also want to mention that Christy Clement is not here with us today. She's uh, currently chasing koalas in Australia in the Down Under After Dark Studios and will be joining us uh, in future episodes. And But instead, we might have somebody coming to talk about the most exciting topic of anybody's life which is DevOps. Brandon, do you want to add to that, the DevOps? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, CI, CD, CD, CI, we'll get into it, but uh, you, you'll have to wait for the next episode because it's a, it's a barn burner. It's no Harry Potter, but it's important, and everybody, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue right now, but instead right now we're going to talk about, again, about product roadmaps and what that means uh, for everybody and why any successful... Uh, the word now that everybody's using is business agility, why business agility is so focused on product management and specifically product roadmaps. Um, so in typical agile after dark uh, format, we're gonna we're gonna bring up some of those popular terms. We're gonna see what they really mean in the context of what we do and what agile is um, and you know kind of see what, what is popular to being said versus what it really is. Right. Well, and in the heartland, the other thing about Agile After Dark, in the heartland, there is no time zone. It's like when you go to the airport and no matter what time of day it is, you have a drink at the bar. Same thing here. We're drinking right now. You have no idea what time it is because it is in the... <laughs> and that sound that you just heard was... The peeling of the what do you call those cozy things with the, the zippers? Koozies, the koozies, the koozies, the yeah, koozie coming koozie. off of a beer, getting yeah. ready for another one. Yep, so exactly. I mean, my my drink of choice for for this particular episode is the two brothers, Domaine Dupage, the French country ale, fancy smancy. Very I mean, fancy. We are in the heartland, so it, it is a, a heartland uh, beer. What what uh, what do you got going there? That's Greg? what I was gonna say. Very fancy for the heartland. I'm just doing a straight up. Uh, uh, you know, whiskey, uh, kind of bourbon maker's mark thing. And yeah. with a little bit of side water there. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is the gauze, uh, drink of choice. Not a lot of people, we didn't mention that in the last episode that you go by God, but, uh, most people should know that. So, uh, when we move forward, we'll, we'll talk about why that's relevant. So let's get into this subject here, um, about, um, and I didn't properly introduce, I don't think our topic here this is agile after dark the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day um again this episode is called um what is it called again the art of building a marauder's map well, it's roadmaps 
roadmap. The art of building a Marauder's Map. Right. With a Harry Potter twist. With art being A-R-T capitalized art. A-R-T. For those uh, agile nerds. In quotes. Um, so let's get into it. Do you want to start? Yeah, over yeah. Well, we so we're going to flip the script a little bit tonight. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold Instead on. Instead of Greg being, uh, God being the host. I haven't had that much to drink. <laughs> well, that's a good thing because uh, this is a section we like to call Grilling God. Uh, yep. So um, are you ready for me to get all David Frost on you? Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. So there's a lot of... Uh, I want to say like recent chatter. I mean, there's a lot of things that have come out in, in different uh, academic articles, Harvard Business Review, um, just a lot of things that within the last year, there's kind of this uh, concept of the strategy to execution gap. And what I want to start with you is, is a roadmap a tool for addressing that issue? Well, I mean, it's it, it might be the hardest thing to do, which is, Especially if you're in a, a large, you know, financial institutions um, or financial services company or healthcare company, how do you protect yourself against not only if you don't have a product that goes direct to market, but how do you how do you manage the internal clients that you have? And a lot of times, what's really important is creating that roadmap to protect you and your team. Think about it. The most the the the, the biggest expense in software development is the teams. And so if the teams don't have a clear vision of where they're going and, and what they're trying to build, then you're going to run into issues. So um, one reoccurring problem is that if you have vision and no action, you have a serious problem. And if you have action and no vision, then you also have a nightmare of a problem. So yeah, so I think one of the things that I'm interested in is because of kind of the arguments are going back in the back and forth in the strategy execution gap is do you have people that are doing the work involved in the strategy because that's some of the things that have been going around was kind of like this is the revolutionary idea which is kind of funny to us from an agile perspective which is you know people are doing the actual work should they be more involved in the strategy side because you kind of narrow the gap of the strategy to execution because the people that are executing it have more input into strategy. So let me ask it a different way because I think that's a, I just had a call this morning with a, a financial services company who said, well, we have this issue with technology and IT versus business and they don't talk to one another. So we're going to create a group in, in, in the between those two organizations to help bridge the gap. And what you really need is not some middleman in between, you really need to have somebody from business sitting with the technology team to ensure that what is being built is what the customer needs. Think about it this way. Why would, as a business, you want anybody working on anything that isn't valuable to your customer? Because as a business person, as a product person, you want to ensure that what you're delivering is the most valuable thing as soon as possible. So if you don't have an integration, a, for instance, a product owner sitting on the team itself, the development team, how can you bridge the gap? How can you, if you don't have a product manager with a roadmap, how do you ensure everybody's moving in the right direction? Yeah. And so do you, you know, you're avoiding the, the Geller Grindwall just creating the master wand. 
out of nowhere with no input or thought in terms of what that's going to mean to everyone else, right? Well, another Harry Potter reference. That was oh, there's going to be plenty of those. You just wait. But that's that's absolutely right. And so you have this conversation. And today, the, the, the this morning, just this morning, literally had this conversation with, which said, the business said, well, we're not really good at IT, so we're not going to commit to that. And I said, well, how can you as a business say that but we're just not good at IT. That IT works for you. And I know that's an overstatement and it's a little bit dramatic, but it is true that the, the whole potential for your enterprise is business outcomes. It's making your customers happy. If the technology team doesn't work for product, how in the world can you ever deliver anything meaningful to the to the marketplace? So is the roadmap kind of that bridge is that is that a tool that is a bridge or is that just kind of a component of the larger ecosystem that needs to be there for that gap not to be there the roadmap is in my opinion the the it not only aligns the business it provides air cover for the teams who are doing the work because the teams have the ability to say well if it's going to change we understand that, but we need to understand that ahead of time because there's a lot of waste that happens with a lot of change, context switching and those kinds of things. So you want to make sure there's continuity and there's consistency in how you're dealing with your teams. If, But it's okay to change. The whole point of Agile is change, but there has to be some consistent measure and not a whipsaw of the entire organization. A roadmap says to everybody, here's where we're going in the next 18 months. And I would not recommend more than 18 months. And even that's a stretch. Um, and we can get into later about how your own personal life doesn't work in five-year increments, right? As human beings, we all act, we all act agile. But then when we come to work, we t- tend to act like robots. And maybe that's another topic for later. But I think, you know, f- for the moment, I think the, the, the roadmap is a thing that protects both the executive layer, and we could talk about what that means managing up, and also the teams below. So that brings me to my kind of my next question, which is, I from what you've said, I, I, I'm getting where you're coming from, but I think that there is, and because we're talking about Agile After Dark, we're going to kind of get into the issues a little bit deeper, right? Is a roadmap always a solution? Is it always add value? And I want to kind of provide some context to that question. At Project X at Google, probably heard of it. Um, one of the things that they look to do is to fail at the hardest thing first and work backwards. So Astro Teller, which, I mean, by the way, freaking fantastic name. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's like one of the all-time names in terms Agreed. of... If anyone's going to run Project X, Astro Teller is the person to do it. Astro Teller, what, is it like? what does that mean exactly? Though? I don't know. It reminds me of the Jessens. I mean, Astro was the dog, so I don't know if that's really a compliment or not. But um, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those ideas of let's look at whether it's a roadmap or it's whatever sort of product solution you're trying to do. And rather than saying, okay, we're going to spend time thinking through a roadmap of where we want to get you know, at this eventual point, uh, whether it's 18 months or whatever, um, do we really want to spend the time to get further down the road and see that that failure we were worried about was something we can't get past? So that's that's something that they at Project X and at other places, uh, they look at trying to have the teams focus on that, the hardest problem first, and saying, if we can solve that, Great. If we can't, we'll still reward the team for realizing early enough 
that we're not going to spend so much time on that and reward them. And I think I saw saw or read or um, heard on a podcast. Or Resident like that. nerd. Yeah, that uh, you know he actually rewards them in the fact that he brings them up on stage and says, "Hey, this team they failed fast. They failed the thing really early for the thing further down the line, and we're giving them two weeks of vacation." Okay, well, let me. I'll flip it on you then. So, is is innovation just something that comes as a defined thing? So it's sort of like think about it. When we talk about these wilderness areas, so just by definition, a wilderness area. So I'm from Colorado originally, and you have these wilderness areas. And just by putting boundaries on a wilderness area, it's not wild anymore. You've now turned it into a park. Is innovation the same way? If you put a boundary on innovation by doing it on half of a Friday of every other month or a specific thing. Shouldn't innovation come at every stage of everything you do and how you think? Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. And I, and I, I struggle with this too. Is that's one of the reasons I wanted to grill you about it. Ga, is that if we're looking at being innovative or innovative, depending how you like to say it, um, do you say we're going to, challenge the hardest problems in terms of these things that most people say can't happen is that by itself innovation or and therefore looking at the furthest problem first probably has value right but is innovation saying we have this great idea let's run with it and see what we can do with it based on a roadmap is that innovation in that sense well i mean it could be i i think you know, we can argue about incubators and incubators have been coming along for years. Startups have been coming along for years. You can argue about the, the success of those things one way or another. But I also think when you talk about innovation, it should come from a team. It should come from one developer on a team who says, hey, what if we did this small project, which would save 30 people on multiple teams of teams time that's innovation too. It's not just a big picture situation. So you're looking for the Hermione Granger of, of the team to, to come up with something. Oh my God, I cannot believe that you did that. But yes, I guess that's true. Right. You're right. Right? I mean, yeah. she was always the one that was you know not in the forefront, but she was the smartest one. No but you know, if you look at those, those critical behaviors of that same methodology, you look at, you know, you've got to figure out what the identity is. You've got to make sure the strategy is understood by everybody on the team, which goes back to product management and the roadmap. You know, concentrate on your unique cultural factors and values that you want to uh, propagate in, which always imbues itself in the product itself. And then, you know, share the future and what you're trying to do. So I think those are the things that, from a roadmap perspective, everybody wants to know where. They're headed. Everybody wants to be connected to their work. And it doesn't matter if you're, in my opinion, the quality folks always get, you know, left behind and they're the most important person on the team, in my opinion. T the team owns quality. But even that person who is valued the least amount, which is right or wrong, has to know where you're trying to go as a business and what the business outcome is. And if you don't have a roadmap and you can't convey that, and you can't, and strategy is a bad word, but if you can't at least convey in an 18 month at the outset, you know, goal of what you're trying to do and make a commitment to that, 
even though you might change along the way, what, what do people, what are people coming to work for? Let's talk about that when we talk about robots versus your own personal life. Yeah. So along those lines, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, please send uh, any uh, questions or feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. So are you, are you a Harry Potter fan? Do you, are you into huge, it? Huge, huge Harry Potter fan. I remember this must have been about 15 years ago. My wife and I sitting on the beach in New Jersey reading Harry Potter, watching big New Jersey kids kick sand in the eyes of the other kids running away, reading Harry Potter. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I started reading the, the books. I was, I was a late adopter. I was like, ah, this is a fad. I'm not into it. Um, but I was studying for uh, an exam for graduate school, and I said, oh, I need something easy to read. And someone said, well, read HP. HP is the bomb. HP. You know? Read some HP, and like you'll, you'll breeze through it. And sure enough, when I started to read those things, man, I, I was always impressed that the, the writing and the maturity of the books increased with the age of the characters. You know, there's kind of an elephant in the room, which is roadmaps and project plans. I know that people get frustrated when you talk about a roadmap, but is it really that much different than a project plan? I know you feel that way, but I think there's a lot of people that haven't dealt as much as kind of the product manager level that they kind of see it and it's a natural transition in terms of you're talking about commitments, you're talking about 18 months, like what, I mean, it is the elephant in the room. Like, how is it really different? Well, I mean, it, it, so again, we're talking about lots, lots of P words. Again, I'm going to bring that up from last God, the time. P words. The P words. But you're, you're right. So if you think about it, if you look at safe, you look at scaled agile, you look at, you know, scrum alliance, all these things, if taken to a certain point, and again, I'm talking about current clients I'm working with, you take it to a certain point, they absolutely replace process with process. Remember, process is just a series of failures that get cemented in an artifact after the fact, and we call it a process because we're going to fix all those things. Which is ironic given the manifesto, right? Right, and and it's it's it becomes then the the, the exact same thing where people feel constrained. Uh, again, I just had a conversation this morning about this where they said, "Well, I'm not allowed." to talk about birthday celebrations at the stand-up. And I said, well, who said that? Well, our Agile coach or you know the internal Agile coach said that. And I said, no, the whole point of not wasting people's time in a stand-up is not letting two developers argue over some religious war over a language that they are a framework that they want to use. If you want to use that time at the end, once you get your business out of the way, to do something that's good for the team from a morale perspective, the standup is an absolute, in my opinion, the standup is an absolute valid way to do that. As long as you're not wasting people's time. Again, it's a guideline, it's a principle. Don't agile isn't a bunch of rules that you have to follow, and and that's where I think it gets off the rails. And I I would agree with you. I, I think that the reason that the manifesto wasn't a guidebook, it was not a thing that they created a whole long uh, article, white paper, slash novel, slash, you know, Dan Brown book, again, the Dan Brown book, um, 
you know, I think it was shorter than you know the one that we talked about uh, in the last podcast about the guy that created quote unquote created waterfall because as we talked about he had kind of an interesting idea had the illustrations and then no one read any further when he said you know this could be risky and, and fail right they i think the the folks that put together the the manifesto i would like to think that they made it broad and short for a reason in that it's not a here is the plan here is the process here is the every single step you have to do it's not pmp for god's sakes because i certainly had to do enough of those when i work with government clients mm-hmm. and even that with government clients all the regulations and they all were going to follow pmp always fell apart well and and again are you just replacing is is agile just the next waterfall and again i'm not bashing waterfall because waterfall has its place and all these frameworks have their places but are you just replacing process with another process i mean i think honestly this again we're talking about agile after dark stuff that people don't want to talk about does agile become for certain organizations or individuals just the next step in their pmp and i probably would use that as the the best example mm-hmm. step it's like it's not principles anymore it's not frameworks and the whole point of Agile is getting people to think for themselves. It's getting people to think about what they're trying to do. And to bring us back to the Marauder's Map, um, you know, to, to Axio, the Marauder's Map, back to where we're at, we're, we're really, you know, focusing on, on roadmaps. And I think one of the things that, you know, with talking to you in the past is if you're going to talk about all the P words and so forth, even though... Roadmap is not a P word, but it is kind of a, a process of creating that and doing that. How what, dare what, you? How dare you use the word process? <laughs> but I mean, it is it is a step within getting kind of that program level and understanding of where you're going. What what is that that first step that you're taking in terms of okay, we are at a point where we don't have kind of a translation of as you said to the vision. To, to what's actually getting executed again kind of that strategy execution gap what what is what is the roadmap and kind of how do you get started well with and there's a difference between doing work and being busy and actually trying to add value and the roadmap the whole concept of the roadmap is trying to say here's our vision for the business to be productive for the business to deliver and not just being busy remember most of the times from a delivery perspective, the development teams are a cost center. They do not, they do not you know, introduce profit into an enterprise. They are a cost center. The product people are responsible. The business is responsible for building you know, revenue for the company. And so if you don't have a roadmap and everybody isn't driving towards that and they're just busy doing stuff, they're just not they're not adding value and this is where you get into this concept of value streams and all this so we're not going to talk about that trust me there's a there's a really after dark version of that whole value stream <laughs> thing because that's a very controversial thing mm-hmm. but i think you know the, the whole point is can you just get and it's again let's talk about you know what i want the theme of this to be brandon this podcast is we're gonna we're gonna uh, we should do this we should do this we should align everything on and it's a bit that we could do. Mm-hmm. Align everything on common sense, advanced common sense, stupid. 
and just start aligning things in, in a matrix it, like that. Wouldn't it be stupid common sense, advanced common sense? Yeah, or you could have stupid on either side because you could get, once you get to advanced common sense, you get, get stupid again. The whole point is keeping it simple because none of this stuff is rocket science. It's more, one of our colleagues um, that I love at SIQ uh, who works on a, a major product and major product company, you know, says this is more about a grind than about being right. It's about getting in and helping people change behaviors from a behavioral perspective and, and doing that. And that's, that's really what we're talking about. And that's hard work, but it's valuable work. And it helps to not talk straight into the microphone and step back a little bit. So I don't wreck the, the, the levels, but you know, it's it's this is this is the most important thing is really changing people's behaviors. Yeah, let me say I solemnly swear, solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. So, do we do, can we uh, agree that we have no idea where we are on this script, Brandon? Because <laughs> we have no, we have diverged completely away from this script, and we were going to take a break. We really didn't take a break for those of you listening. Uh, but um, do we want to take a break now and re recollect ourselves? Get into the drink. By the way, I'm dry here. Yeah, no, that's 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 absolutely right. So uh, we will say, um, spell your armus to this particular. <laughs> Can you? Do you really know these things? Did you write that down? No, I haven't. He has no head. computer in front of him, so he's not <laughs> looking this up. By the way. Just so everybody knows, he actually knows this. I was a late adopter, but I kind of got scarily into it. So uh, we'll take another break. Uh, again, <laughs> any questions or feedback, uh, send it to feedback at agileafterdark.com. You know, it's funny we were talking about like, the Marauder's Map. I kind of just did it as kind of a fun play on you know the idea of creating a roadmap. But I think there are some interesting similarities in what the Marauder's Map is and kind of a roadmap, right? Like it's, you see what people are doing, you see them in their spaces, but you're not necessarily directing them and saying, this is the way they, they have to go. For them to get from point A to point B within the castle, you're kind of just watching that and thinking, hey, maybe this is not the best way or do I need to intervene or not? I don't know, it's, 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 well, it's a mistake. Well, also, you can't anticipate where they're going to be or where they're going. You can't understand their intentions necessarily, right? You can see a path or a pattern, but you don't know what their intentions are. And I think that's a, a critical thing for what we're going to talk about today as it relates to product roadmaps. Is The product roadmap is a way to communicate an intention of what a specific group is going to do so that the whole enterprise can understand what direction they're moving in and have synchronicity about how they're planning their business and you know eventually arrive at business outcomes so i think that's that's the critical part about what a, a roadmap is and it's always shifting and never changing and very different than a plan yeah well you know if you need to get the honeydukes that's that's the way to go <laughs> Levels good. Yeah, levels are good. Cat's good. Cat's good. Cat. By the way, in the um, Agile After Dark Studios, we have a resident cat behind the glass. Sassafras. Sassy, as we like to call her. She's looking, mm -hmm. making sure we're doing a good job. So we appreciate that. She's here every week, and um, she's. I, I think she's interested in this topic. I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think so. I think what she's actually really enjoying is the fact that now I'm the host. I, I think I might have to take over the role of producer, writer, host. I don't know. I think there might be something here. Sounds good to me. So what what do you think Sassy wants to hear about next? Okay, so now you have a roadmap, right? Um, yeah, or a Marauder's map. Or a Marauder's map. I mean, you have to have the homoculus charm to actually make the map work. Seriously, I can't believe you keep coming up with these things. <laughs> literally, he's not. he has no computer in front of him. He's literally coming up with these things on the fly. I mean... If you're gonna make the the row map, the Marauders map, or whatever it is, actually work, you, you kind of somewhat convince me in terms of the value. All right now, I actually have a roadmap. Now what? Well, I'm not gonna put it in Harry Potter's terms, but if you think about the fact that the map, the Marauders map, actually does move and things change on the map depending on where people are. That's analogous to the same thing, especially if you have an internal customer and you're more of a service organization in that every organization that you serve, there may be six different organizations that you service. Every one of them is going to be hot, cold, on, off, and their priorities are going to change. And they're going to expect you as an organization, if you're servicing them, or if you have a direct customer, they're priorities change you know immediately based on market demands or whatever so how do you communicate that how do you um, ensure that you don't have disruption in your organization from a development perspective to deliver and that is the roadmap and the roadmap says here's what we all agreed to which as we talked about earlier is, is hard to get to but once you have one that everybody generally agrees to the roadmap is a mechanism that allows you to ensure that you can have consistency in your development strategy. So how does that fit into the agile principles of being iterative, like retros, looking at what is working, what is working, is not working, excuse me, um, because it's not always going to work, right? Uh, How does that, how does the roadmap as a thing fit within kind of the day-to-day of of that sort of analysis and looking at what what's working and what's not well in my experience as you know being the vp of this that and the other thing what a roadmap does is it allows you to not have to change midstream meaning mid week period and or mid even month period where somebody is working on an initiative even if you've got two-week sprints you still may have a feature say that may take you know you know two or three or four sprints to fi- to finish instead of just abandoning having abandoning work immediately in the middle of that feature you can say if we here's the cost if you want us to change we can do it but we've lost first of all we had probably research that went into figuring out what this meant at the portfolio or pro- program level if you think about it that way that, you know, there there is a lot of cost associated with change. So what what roadmap does is, is says this is what we agreed to. This is what we all understand the agreement because it's an agreement mm-hmm. if you think about it, right? Between all of the parties, the, the the client side, the development side, the product management layer that sits in the middle. This is what we agreed to, and now you're changing that. So here are the repercussions of what that means. Yeah, and so when you're talking about repercussions, I, you know, it brings me back to what was the tri- the uh, project management triangle, 
which is what was it kind of the cost versus the time versus was it the plan i can't remember what the other third one is but in the middle was quality yeah right and so if you move those triangles that are surrounding quality any certain way you have to evaluate whether you're still yeah you know i think the quality thing is I don't know. This is a provocative thing to say. I think the quality is used as an excuse because quality should be built in, meaning that quality is is quality means whatever code or deliverable, it could be a spreadsheet, it could be whatever. Whatever is delivered, everybody on that team should assume quality. No matter I don't care if it's a development team or what kind of a team content team they should assume that what they put into the next iterative phase of what, however long that is, it should be absolutely up to the quality. When it comes to a quality team, meaning that they're testing or thinking about things outside of the bounds of what a normal thing is, that's a different thing. And I think everybody uses that excuse of quality, you know, quality will suffer. Well, what does that even mean? Yeah, and we talked about innovation earlier, right? Uh, and there's also the, the minimal viable product kind of where do those things fit in, in terms of the roadmap? Cause you have an 18 month thing. Is there a space for innovation? And if so, how does that work? And my second part of the question is if we're looking at pr- putting out MVPs, then how does that, is, are those markers within the roadmap how does that all fit together for people well, that may not know it as well look we talked about the google x labs thing mm-hmm. where they set aside innovation and they have a totally side you know it's like um you know it's, it's basically a side project most people don't work on side projects most people work on things that make the company money quality is something that is doesn't sit outside Innovation is something that doesn't sit, in my opinion, doesn't sit outside. It has to be built in. When you say quality is built into the team and team owns quality, it means that when a developer develops something, they have, even though they don't want to because we know developers, they hand that over to whatever quality team that's going to try to break it. They know their code is sound, solid, and good. It has nothing to do with their code. That's because the team owns quality the the quality team some people call them testers i don't like that term the quality team is looking for outliers they're looking for how to break it how to how to move it innovation is the same way innovation should come from the lowest level developer who says you know i haven't been here very long i don't really know how you guys work but it seems like you guys are not doing it the right way what if we did it this way Innovation comes from the innocent ideas a lot of times, not some gigantic corporate initiative, right? Innovation, startups are startups for a reason. It's because somebody had an idea and they're like, hey, what about this? Bootstrap kind of initiatives always work much better than corporate initiatives for innovation. And quality is the same, right? And product roadmaps kind of play into that. It's not a separate, oh, we're going to have a separate roadmap for quality. We're going to have a separate roadmap for innovation. No, the roadmap should assume those things are in place. Yeah, and so when you've got kind of, so that kind of brings me to my next question is how it all Another fits together. Another question? Yeah, Jeez. I know, I know. But I mean, you keep bringing up points that deserve some questions because it's Agile After Dark. We question things, right? Um is that when the program team 
has Hedwig like deliver the product <laughs> roadmap <laughs> again. <laughs> And, you know, Hedwig doesn't run into the window like uh, um, Ron's uh, owl did. Seriously, uh, let me see. Did you write these down? Because you really are, these references are literally coming out of his head. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. I mean, so delivery of the roadmap, because you, you brought up teams. So that's why, because I, I work a lot with teams, right? And that's where I see, uh, as a coach, a lot of the value uh, occurring, honestly. And so for you, as someone that has had a lot of experience at the product level and product management level, that message being delivered of here's the roadmap, because then I'm going to circle all the way back to that strategic execution gap. Where have you seen it be really successful in terms of talking about here's our roadmap, we're all on the same page, and where have you seen it fail? Um, well, it's a, it's a good question. I don't have a Harry Potter reference. Sorry, audience. <laughs> but, um, I think when it's successful, Allah Mora, like unlocking the doors. Oh, geez. I, sorry. I even said that just now, but I, I think when it's successful, it's, it's broad enough to not discourage people when it doesn't go the way you think it does. But you still, at the end, people like starting and finishing things. You know, I always tell the story about my wife. She, she, my wife is, um, she can do 10 things at once, but she can only get 85% done. But she can do 10 things at once. I can only do one thing at a time, but I like to get it done. And I like to get it done to 100%. And I think a lot of people like getting something done at work, maybe as opposed to your personal life. Because I think... At work, you're judged from an HR perspective, which we're going to have a lot more conversations mm -hmm. on this podcast about. But people like to feel like they started something and finished something because they're judged on that, right? And so I think roadmaps help people feel, one, that I started something and I finished something that was along a strategic perspective, that had a, a strategic perspective. Two, I'm covered from an HR perspective because... They want to make sure that, hey, we weren't signed up for something we couldn't, you know, execute on. And I think people just in general, from a human perspective, appreciate being connected to their work and getting things uh, accomplished. And so on a week to week basis, when you're trying to motivate people and you're trying to inspire people, when you can show something that you've done, it works. When they don't work is when you have a bad product manager who creates a completely unrealistic roadmap just no different than any kind of other framework like water uh, waterfall always gets pushed under the you know the, the the train these days but but any any kind of framework that just signs you up with no sense of reality you're gonna get you know run over by that and nobody likes that and i always say agile washes away the shame because it's a simple concept it's common sense or advanced common sense don't sign your teams up for things that they can't do. And a roadmap allows you to manage expectations. And I think that's probably a great way to end this, to say that a roadmap manages expectations for the entire organization. As long as you have good leadership from a product perspective, you can call that product manager whatever you want, but it's air cover for the, for the, the entire organization, especially development, to say, this is what we agreed to and you're changing it. And so now we need to adjust. And 
again, think about the cost. Most of the cost is in development. So if you're ineffective and inefficient in development because you don't have the right path and the right product uh, roadmap, you're going to create an, an enormous amount of waste and not only from a cost perspective, but just a morale perspective. So I, I would say, I always say this, Brandon, this is one of my, my things over the years I've learned from Crump, and I think we should also create a new uh, bit about Crumpisms, but I'd rather be consistent than right. People like consistency. People thrive under consistency. And you can do a lot with, even if you feel like your team is mediocre, you can do a lot if you just lead them the right way, inspire them, and, and be consistent. So what I'm hearing from you is product managers putting on a visibility cloak is a bad thing. Very, very bad, and most of them try to do it, mm -hmm. and it's not good. And by the way, especially technology managers try to do it, and it's yeah. really bad. Yep, yep. All right, well, uh, that kind of wraps up our, our session on the the art of creating the Marauder's Map about roadmaps. Um, I think mischief has been managed. And, uh, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> you had to end with that. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Again, uh, please feel free to um, send feedback or ask questions to feedback at agileafterdark.com. And I mentioned before that I was in New Jersey, but my father-in-law, who is a senior partner in a corporate law firm in Manhattan, when he caught me reading these, he thought, this moron is marrying my wife. That's what he thought when he came down. And he didn't say it out loud, but the look in his eyes, that's what I took from it. Mm -hmm.